T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. By the way, suntimes.com is reporting the Bears got Cutler. Suntimes.com is reporting the Bears got Cutler. Hmm. We have more from Brian Peruk. This is almost too unbelievable to keep going, but right. the Bears. Acquired, I'm already. I'm right. in a haze already. But go ahead. The Bears acquired quarterback Jay Cutler today for number one draft picks in 2009 and 2010, a number three pick this year, and Kyle Orton. The Sun Times has learned. Hot damn! The Bears received the Broncos' <laughs> fifth round pick this year. Go get him, Jerry. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. In case you are just getting in your car, in case you are just turning on the radio, the Chicago Sun Times has learned the Bears got Jay Cutler. Let's tone it down a little bit. Joe Ostrowski nights on six seventy. The score. So many aspects of that. <laughs> One that it's Dan. Two, that you hear Terry, and you hear Farouk, hot damn, go get it, like, everything. Oh, we've got to play that again, Mike Rankin, before I get out of here at 10 o'clock. That was beautiful. It was gorgeous. (laughs) I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is Cutler. I can't be the guy out here on the air over the last hour talking about how great he is and saying, I don't know, be careful what you wish for because he might be Cutler. Because he's clearly not. But we just wanted to go down memory lane for a quick second as we dream. We want to think. We want to think the next quarterback of the Bears. We know what Mitch is not. We have 50 games to see what he is not. Wait, you saw one playoff game, so playoff game number two after 50 regular season starts. That's going to change things on Sunday? No. If he looks good, I'll be surprised. But don't be the guy thinking, maybe now. Maybe he's going to turn the corner. We've been doing that for four years. Okay, so let's do the comparison of Cutler to Watson. Okay. Mike Rankin, you ready for this? (laughs) Just so we can, can stop that, let's nip that in the bud where we can move on from that conversation and that comp. Thankfully, I haven't heard that one yet. But who knows? I'm getting people on Twitter that say Watson stinks. At Joe0670, they're hitting me me up. Yeah, Watson stinks. I don't want him. Move on from Pace. Move on from Phillips. That's fine. Cool. But um, Watson's bad, so I don't want him. Yeah. Um, Okay. Cutler, when he was in Denver before he came here, he played there three years. And Watson's been down in Houston for four years. Now, remember... 
That first year he went down there for some idiotic reason. He was not playing. But I, I get it. They want in the city. You learn. You learn. But we have a terrible quarterback. That's why we brought you here. But okay. That's fine. It's worked both ways where the, the quarterback comes in and they play right away and also sitting. So different teams have different philosophies. So Cutler was in, in um, Denver for three years. I like where this is going, Joe. This is going to be fun. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Watson, Watson for four. 37 games for Cutler, 54 for Watson. Now, if you look at the touchdown and interceptions, it's not going to be fair because Watson has played more games. However, let's look at this. Cutler, 37 interceptions. Watson, 36. So Cutler had one more interception than Watson in... 17 more games? Yeah. <laughs> An extra season. In that time period, Cutler, 54 touchdowns with really good weapons. 54 touchdowns. Watson, 104. Yards per attempt. Cutler, 7.4. Watson, 8.3. Touchdown rate. Cutler, 4.4. Watson, 5.9. Yards per game. Cutler, 243. Watson, 269. Quarterback rating. This should seal it for you, folks. Cutler, 87.1 in his first three years with Denver when he was a pro bowler. 87. I know it's a different era. I get it. Watson, in his four years... 104.5 quarterback rating. So the only common thread here is that maybe, hopefully, I'm going to get down on my knees and pray. Maybe they're both traded to the Bears. Maybe. That's a dream. By the way, Bears play in the playoff game this Sunday as the seventh seed, the first seventh seed that we've seen in the postseason. And by the way, they're going to keep this expanded. But they are a 10-point underdog, by far the heaviest underdog of all six wildcard games. Mitch is right. Everyone is overlooking them. They probably should be overlooked. Don't they deserve to be overlooked? The way the defense is playing right now? A couple years ago, that was an elite defense. Coming into the season, we were hoping for a bounce back. They have some real linebackers. Roquan's been playing out of his mind probably unavailable. Khalil Mack, he's been great. Same story as last year. Nobody on the other side. Hey, Pace, what's your dude Quinn doing? Where's he been this year? Can't find him. No impact. Another mistake in free agency by you. Yeah, all the issues are on offense. Let's go pay a pass rusher over the hill coming off a career year. Sounds like a terrific plan, Pace. Now go trade for Watson and get out. (laughs) Please. Wouldn't it be kind of beautiful if Pace loses against his old team too and that's how he's shuffled out of town? Will that make you crack a bit of a smile? Well, I'll be smiling. I'll be having a party if they they get a franchise quarterback here. We all know that. 
that would be terrific. Joe, I, I really like the comparison you made between Cutler and Watson. That was I didn't. Ma- I was just listing I stats. No, I no, wasn't no. Making a comparison. You're not. I know that. I know these aren't the same type of players because they don't have the same skill set. They're similar in in ways, but when it comes to pure talent, that's not what we're going for. We're going for the situations in each of their respective careers. Watson around the same age. What is he? 25. Going to be 26 upcoming. Cutler when he went to the Bears was 26. And you talk about the value that the Bears had to give up to acquire a franchise who they thought would be a franchise quarterback. And I think mm-hmm. that's the similar situation that Watson stands it right now. So I, that's all I'm saying. I think that was a really nice little thing there that you had going. What was it? A couple ones and a three? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then they got the first uh, said they got a seventh back two there. It turned out to be Johnny Knox, I believe it was. Oh, sweet. <laughs> it was a couple ones and a three for Khalil Mack, too. I know the Bears got a two, which they used in this past draft. Couple ones? How about four for Watson? Go ahead. And you've got him locked up then. That's fine. Uh, Mike, can, can you come out, come out with a scenario where the Bears win or where they have an advantage over New Orleans? Honestly, if you go, you no matter what aspect we're talking about, even if we go down to special teams, they've got a better special teams unit. They have the better head coach, the veteran quarterback, premier running back, nothing against David Montgomery, but a heck of a second half when Bill Lazor decided that maybe the Bears should actually run the football. They've got a better number one receiver. They do in Michael Thomas. They've got a fantastic defense, strong secondary. Where's the weakness? I'm Maybe the Bears are better at linebacker just because they are so strong, but it's not like the Saints are weak there. What Linebacker's going to win you a game? Just to tie a bow, Joe. Yeah. I don't mean to keep going back to color because it's my oh guy. Oh, my gosh. It's you my love guy. this. You just love saying. this. He's uh, your guy? I, I was a huge color guy. Just uh, that Was that like in your prime as a Bears fan? Like that was the big move and – Okay, I got uh, you. Six offensive coordinators in eight years. Three head coaches. <laughs> what are you doing? Three general men. All right, we're done. We're done here. We're done here. No, go ahead. Go the, ahead. The, 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 the trade was the, <laughs> the the trade was two first rounders and a third. Bears' return was Cutler and a fifth, and that ended up being uh, Johnny Knox, if I remember correctly. Anyway, okay, so that's it. To your okay. question, how can the Bears take down the Saints this weekend? They have to eliminate Alvin Kamara. Respect, you know. You know uh, uh, you can't do that. No, no, no. Oh, no here we go. No, I'm trying to give eliminate. a game plan here. No, not eliminate, okay? We're gonna... <laughs> Kill him? <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> We're going to have to control Alvin Komara's production, okay, out of the backfield. He absolutely – he was the guy in, in the week, whatever, or in the regular season that, you know, that torched the Bears. In the secondary, I'm worried because they're playing backups. I'm worried about Roquan Smith not playing, and you have another backup at linebacker. That is going to cause problems – covering Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. So I think that's going to be an issue. Take away oh, yeah. Michael Thomas with your best cover corner. But what we saw, like it was a similar situation with Green Bay. You take away Devontae Adams, a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. He says, oh, look at this. I can maneuver around a little bit of these receivers and set up where I want them to, create a mismatch, have Eddie Jackson on a Devontae Adams here. He'll run nine yards at the oh, line of scrimmage man. and then stop. Right, he plays off yeah. coverage, and it's an easy completion. And it, you know that's not a part of the game plan. That's just Aaron Rodgers reading the defense and picking his spots. And I think Drew Brees is 
you know, on that same level of diagnosing the defense. I think the Bears defense is very beatable. And I'm trying to talk myself into ways of how this Bears team can come out victorious. It's not going very well right now. But I'm going I'm going with the over. I, I think yeah. we can get some points and there might be some garbage time points out of Trubisky's. Okay, offense. garbage time points I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh something else too, I think yes. is when the Saints are up by four scores. Sure. The advantage, um well, I guess not advantage, but something that the Bears may be able to capitalize on is the um the way Drew Brees is immobile, I guess, the, the fact that he can't really move around in the pocket. So if you collapse it, uh, the right. interior defensive line is okay. Um, but you got to get Quinn and Mac involved, of course. And that's what every Bears fan is going to say. But I'm worried about Taysom Hill, too. That guy is going to kill the Bears because he is utilized so well and he can expose this defense. There's a lot of playmakers on the offense, Joe. I, I don't know how this Bears team can pull it out. Yeah, well, that's that's why everyone's looking over this matchup, Mitchell Trubisky, because you are clearly the worst team in the postseason, right? I mean, Washington, say what you want about, I know they have a worse record at 7-9, and nine, I know, but in Alex Smith games, they're 5-1, and one, and they are sick on defense, disgusting, multiple game changers. It's not one like Khalil Mack multiple guys on defense. They have the ability to take over a game. The question is, are they going to win that fight at the line of scrimmage against Tampa Bay's pretty strong offensive line? That's the big question there. So at least with the football team, you can say, still weird to say football team, but at least with the football team, you can say, okay, they have one great unit. They have a defense. They have a defense like the Bears of 2018. What are the Bears great at now? What are they great at? Okay, the yeah. defense is stronger. Defense is better, I think. The offense can score against bad defenses. Well, they're not going to see a bad defense on Sunday. They like they saw over the last month of the season. Impressed yeah. me with the way that they were able to control the football and control the clock against the Packers. They did. And they ran the ball really well. Especially the first drive. And it, well, And then they didn't score a touchdown the rest of the game. You give them a, uh, the defense a lead, it's not the same as it was in 2018, right, where they, they just pound your opponent to the ground and take advantage, and then the offense can get to work. It's not like that anymore. It seems like the offense has to respond to a defensive, uh, you know, a blunder or whatever you want to call it, allowing touchdowns. And they did that against Minnesota, but we're talking about Minnesota here. We're not talking about yeah. the New Orleans Saints. I, I like the idea of the run game, but, man, if that's taken away, you're in for a long long day yeah now you've got to keep that offense on the sideline they controlled the game as far as the clock yeah they won the time of possession but it's not like the old days where if you win the time of possession you're going to win the football game they outgained the packers as ridiculous as that sounds but the problem was what stalls in the red zone hey it was impressive they they were moving the ball between the 20s okay cool when you've got 12 on the other side you can't settle for three. I see people thrilled with Santos in the year that he had. Good for him. I don't want to be celebrating a kicker. I want seven. I don't want three. That's how you win playoff games. You've got to be aggressive, and you get seven instead of three. It's not the old Drew Brees on the other side, but they have Kamara in his prime, Michael Thomas, and one of the best offense, offensive minds in the game in Sean Payton. And a bunch of different gadget guys like Taysom Hill, which Mike just mentioned there. There it is. 
Joe. I think yeah. you weather the storm defensively, somehow create a couple turnovers, whether that's on special teams or you have you, to. Yeah, you you strip sack or you create a turn uh, an interception. Then turn and it they, into touchdowns. That's it. And they're seven, right? Like they did that on special teams against the Packers, and what happened? Stalled for three. No, you can't have that. Fourth and one, fourth and two. Inside the five, you go for it. You have to. That's your only chance. And Matt Nagy, even though he kept going for it fourth down during the game, you know, in the red zone, well, let's kick it. Let's take our three. No, you've got to take seven. You can't settle for three if you're in that spot. Let's hope they can get to the red zone. That's the big concern for me going in because the way this defense is playing, that Saints offense is going to put up some points. Now, something else that's out of our control that maybe you're hope for, you hope is in the Bears' favor, and it's, you know, you hate to say this, you hope he's healthy. Kamara sounds like he's going to be there on Sunday. That's what he's alluding to in his tweets. He tweeted out earlier in the hour, see y'all Sunday, heart emoji. But guys coming off the COVID list, some of them haven't looked great. I don't know what he's dealing with, how bad his symptoms were. But maybe he's not going to be Alvin Kamara this Sunday. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe he's going to look like the Kamara, which dominated in the first half against the Bears earlier this year when New Orleans escaped with an overtime victory. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait. That said, maybe Deshaun Watson is coming to Chicago eventually. Just had to wait. We had to go through the suffering. <laughs> Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670. The score coming up next. Talk to NFL insider of CBS Sports, Will Brinson, a lot about this Bears-Saints matchup and some other wildcard games that you'll be watching this weekend. This is 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. Hot damn! <laughs> Not leaving down that one, Daniel. Broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers, Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be on with Lawrence Holmes, like I have every single Friday at 1 o'clock. We talk about sports betting, but we'll be breaking down this Bears-Saints matchup and how you should be betting on the game. Looking forward to my conversation with Lawrence and about the rest of these wild card matchups. We always have a lot of fun there, uh, so that should be some good stuff. And I have my show, Bet Sweats, weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. on the Radio.com app. Just hit the, hit the search button and search Bet Bet Sweats, if you want to check it out live, or you can watch me in my basement office, radio.com slash BetSweats at that time, 9 to 11 a.m., or listen at your leisure, or listen to the parts that you want to listen to, the interviews that intrigue you, the topics that you're interested in. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, radio.com. So this morning, my buddy Will Brinson dropped by, he's an NFL writer, for CBSSports.com, always hyped up. He's got opinions on just about every single game. Uh, let's pick up in the middle of the conversation. Here's Will Brinson with myself and my co-host, NFL analyst Ross Tucker. And uh, we'll pick up about the time when we started talking about my buddy Ryan Pace. Well, of course, we want to go over all six wild card games. Uh, but, but let's start off with the head coaching vacancies that we have right now across the league. No surprises so far. I don't think that we'll see anything change or some rumblings here in Chicago that maybe paces out if there is a route down in the bayou on Sunday. 
But when you look at um, all, all the openings that we have right now, now usually it feels like when, when you have that change that it's a complete dumpster fire. But the, the way I'm looking at it is it looks like there's some appealing options where you have the quarterback position figured out. You're going to have it figured out coming up in the draft. Uh, what do you think are the best and worst situations right now? Yeah, why? What's up, uh, Ross? Glad you're back. Uh, I don't know where Ross went. By the way, my play, my my instead of growing a playoff beard, my beard is growing a playoff beard. Look at that. I got a second beard going on. Um, it's also very. Oh, you cold got the my- Kyle Orton neck beard. That's right. My beard is growing its own beard for the playoffs. That's how I'm rolling uh, for the for the postseason. As far as these jobs go, I, I think one point that's worth making, Joe, that you you alluded to, but I hadn't really been touched on quite as much as it, it should be. The quarterbacks in all six of these job openings are like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, you're about Justin Herbert. You know, you have the number one pick in the Jaguars, so you're, you can get Trevor Lawrence. He's declared. You, he's yours if you want him. Um, Sam Darnold and or the number two overall pick. Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan, two guys I believe are underrated on the pantheon of, uh, of quarterbacks all time. And then uh, who's the other guy? Oh, I know, Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, you don't <laughs> – openings like this pop up with these type of quarterbacks and so I think that's something that's really worth watching I know there's a little buzz today from Mike Florio uh, about the possibility of Deshaun Watson being traded and his his tweets have certainly uh, not helped that and I think that sort of goes into you know where you rank Houston and I think Houston's pretty low because the only attractive thing about Houston um, you know, besides working with, you know, the preacher Easterby and Nick Casario is Deshaun Watson. I mean, they don't have any picks. They're losing a bunch of players pretty soon. You have to assume just, uh, JJ Watts probably out there. Uh, so for me, Houston is way down the list. Probably the highest you could put them is four. I think number one and number two, uh, I would say one a and one B for me are the chargers and Jaguars. You know, I think it's easy to like, I think Trevor Lawrence is one of the four best quarterback prospects, uh, since, 1984, along with Elway, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck. And I wasn't scouting in 84, but the consensus is Elway was a pretty good prospect. Um, you know, I was three years old, if you care. Uh, I, I think when you look at those two jobs, you have to give a lot of credence to what Justin Herbert did versus what we hope Trevor Lawrence can be. And I think I mean, there's a year of NFL tape. Like, that matters. I mean, he has done this at the NFL level for a year. We have not seen Trevor Lawrence do it. Having said that, I, I take the Chargers as 1A, and I have the Jaguars at 1B. I think the Jaguars have some concerns about how they're going to handle the general manager position. You know Tom Telesco is an established guy who does uh, who does a good job acquiring players. There's a lot more blue-chip talent on uh, Los Angeles roster than on Jacksonville's roster. But if you take the Chargers job – you got to play Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid twice a year, and that's a borderline tiebreaker to give it to the Jaguars. Plus, you have the number one pick, a ton of draft capital, a ton of free agency space. So I have those uh, 1A and 1B. And then two, uh, three for me would be the Jets job. I think it's a little underrated. Uh, you you know, if you like Sam Darnold, you can come in and, and you know try to redevelop Sam Darnold or give him a second shot. If you don't like Sam Darnold, you can trade him for picks, and you can use the number two pick on a quarterback if there's someone you like there. Joe Douglas – has done a really good job relative to the amount of time he's been in New York and the opportunities had. He, he He's not a freewheeling spender like a Mike McCagnan. He understands you build uh, on the defensive and offensive lines. He wants to, I think what he kind of wants to do is establish things the way that Buffalo did. And I would anticipate that whoever he hires as the next head coach will profile as a football guy. Cause that's what Joe Douglas is. Will um, we have a tweet from September 28th. 
2020 on the Bet Sweats feed at Bet Sweats. It's you on a video without your stupid inside hat that you wear now. And it says, the Bears are going to finish below 500. Mark my words. Feel free to slide into Will Brinson's DMs when convenient. What? What a roller coaster that was for you. What? Like, 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 you did it when they were winning. So, like, that was ballsy. Then they lose six in a row. Then they start winning again, and they finish 8-8, eight and eight, which is like, if you're a Bears fan, you can't be like, ha, 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 we didn't finish below 500. We finished five. You're wrong, Will Brinson. So it's almost like a push. You would think the Bears fans couldn't say that. You would think you would, the you would Bears think. fans would have <laughs> enough common sense to not tweet me and be like, we made the playoffs. We are back, baby. But no, they're showing up in droves anyway. Like, oh, look who was wrong. At all tanks exposed. It's like, no, 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 no. I was right. Your team sucked and you weren't good. And for six straight weeks, you got flambéed by reasonably decent competition. And then you had to bench Nick Foles for Mitchell Trubisky. You had to drag Trubisky out of the grave Undertaker style, and he had to lob him out of the field, and he played well enough that he's going to get a franchise tag this offseason, and then he's going to get a new contract. So maybe I, maybe you think I lost? I won. I double-dipped because not only did this team suck and finish 8-8, eight and, eight and pro- I, look, they're probably going to win a playoff game. Watch. I could see actually see them beating New Orleans. We'll get to that oh, in a second. God. But there's a decent chance that everyone involved in this flip-flop shim-sham operation gets a contract extension, and then you're back to square one next year, hoping that it all like breaks right for you. This is not this is not what you wanted. You wanted to lose. You needed to, in the words of Jack Donaghy on 30 Rock, go into the crevasse, Bears fans. You needed to watch it burn. You needed to watch the plane crash all the way down at the bottom of the valley, so then you could create something new and crawl out of there with without a Mitchell Trubisky contract extension, which is inevitably going to happen this offseason. And then a year from now, it's like, oh, they did the Bortles thing. I can't believe it. Well, it's amazing. The Bears suck. Who could have seen this coming? Everyone. Everyone could have seen this coming. They're in football hell, and they don't know how to get out of football hell. But I, I will sort of defend Bears fans, which you know well I don't like to do. There is a big difference I know we have to be on Twitter all the time for our jobs, but there is a big difference between Twitter and then real Bears fans. Like when, and I don't want to say that the real Bears fans are calling into sports radio, but the people I interact with sports radio, they're not happy. They are not pounding their chest. They're like, I wanted to lose. I wanted to miss the playoffs. I want to clean house. And it starts with Ted Phillips. It doesn't start with the general manager and the head coach. So I will defend uh, some Bears fans. The, the, the ones on Twitter that have the Trubisky and the Pace avatars that are coming at you, they don't represent Bears fans. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair, Joe. I, I and I know that's real. And when I troll Bears fans, I'm not trolling all Bears fans, like my buddy Matt Snyder or or the, the the big cat fella, or uh, who else is a big cat? <laughs> you know these 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 uh, these bear. No, I mean like I, I understand. Like I think that I think that the large majority, and I think this applies to most fan bases, honestly. Like the large majority, because you get these you get these DMs from people who are like, "We're not all like that. We are, you know, we all don't want to like attack your family by insulting your kid's haircut or you know digging up pictures of your dead grandfather on Facebook, which is both of the things have happened to me from Bears and 49ers fans. It's like, I, look, I know, I get it. It's, yeah, it's true. Um, it's like 75 percent of 
the most fan bases are fine and rational and get excited. We'll do like a little friendly smack talk. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a sliver and it's the sliver is bigger or smaller, depending on how much torture the fan base has been through and how much trolling you've done of said fan base. Uh, but yeah, bears fans look, they're, uh, they're fun to troll. And the ones on Twitter are, are evil subhumans. <laughs> so you got, I mean, I can't leave you there. Will, you said you think the bears might win. I mean, that that's gotta be the next question, right? I, I don't think that the bears are better at many positions at all than the saints. Um, I don't, in fact, I don't know that they're better at a single one. Maybe I don't even know like defensive line. I don't think they're better. Maybe, maybe linebacker. Um, but I think when you look at what the Saints have done in the playoffs recently and the situation with Drew Brees and the concerns surrounding Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, who's coming off IR, he's, they're going to play. It sounds like, I mean, we think Kamara's going to play, right? I mean, he's, he should be clear in time. Um, the last yeah. time that the New Orleans Saints won a playoff game by more than one score was 2011. I mean, they've played in seven consecutive playoff games, three, four at home and three on the road in which they, it was a one score game. And I think when you look at how New Orleans is going to approach this particular game against uh, Chicago, I think they're, look, they're not explosive. They don't take the top off you anymore. Back in 2011, when they played the lions and they like obliterated Matthew Stafford and company in the Superdome, that was a team that could throw over top of you. They would bomb, they would like Drew Brees just throwing bombs, and that's not who they are. They dink and dunk and they move down the field. It's by design, and that's fine. Um, and as good as their offensive line is, I just think the Bears, I think the Bears are a poor man's version, or I don't want to say poor man's, like a, a, a less rich man's version of last year's Vikings, right? They can run the ball kind of effectively. Dalvin Cook, obviously not, you know, David Montgomery, obviously not Dalvin Cook. Offensive line, uh, you know, maybe comparable. I mean, Minnesota's wasn't great. And if they can rush the passer effectively, and I think the Bears can, and they can get you on the edge, they can get some pressure up to the interior. Like, if they can if they can show up and have this incredible day rushing the passer, and this defense can bring the heat on Drew Brees, then I think they can limit what the Saints will do on offense. I love the under in this game. I like the first half under. I think it'll be a sort of a feeling out process. Maybe there's some late points scored. Um, but I do think the Bears will keep it close enough to stay within that number. And I don't think an upset is off the table um, because, you know, Drew Brees is banged up. Um, it's going to be a one-score game. Weird things happen in the playoffs in New Orleans. The refs will be out to, for blood here probably. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Well, see, the other part is the the Bears' defense isn't playing good right now. And if no. Roquan's not out there, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And they've got some injuries in the secondary. Guys like Eddie Jackson just not playing like they have in the past either. Uh, okay, a better chance for an upset. Is it the Bears or is it Washington? Or do we even go to Indianapolis? Oh, I think I would rank the Bears third on that list. India, look, India, okay. I, and I know. I know I got the behind my Lebowski. I got pack stuff all behind here. I know I'm a homer. I'm a Rivers homer. I get it. But I think when you look at um, I, I, the Bears would be my third most likely upset behind Washington and then Indianapolis at two, I think. And I'll, I mean, I'll break them down both real quick. Uh, I would say on Indianapolis, when you look at when you look at the Colts and what they do, I think that they sort of line up with a method to potentially beat the bills because if you're going to beat the bills on offense, if you're going to beat the bills offensively, you need to be able to run the ball 
like pound the ball on them because they're a little smaller up front and you can do that. Now, when their linebackers are totally healthy, that, that makes it a lot more difficult. But Jonathan Taylor is like playing his ass off right now. He is killing it. He's running so well. That line is blocking for him incredibly well. And he finished the third in the NFL in rushing yards. <laughs> like nobody saw that coming. Um, and I, I, so I think the Colts can do that on offense on d- defensively. Uh, two things that make me like them against the Bills. One, Matt Eberflus has done an, you know, he's he's up for a bunch of head coaching jobs. He's a candidate for him. He's done a great job, especially adjusting in the second half, and I think that's enormous from a playoff perspective. Um, and, and then two, they run this zone right, and in order to like the best way to limit how a young quarterback like Josh Allen is going to beat you with his legs is to operate in that zone. Now, I don't know that you're going to necessarily just bottle up Stephon Diggs. He's done a great job against zone, finding these spots. And then when people shift a man against him, that he just, he, like he and Josh Allen are just, just synced up completely in how they're operating and reading defenses. And so that's a concern. Um, but I think the Colts can get theirs. I think they'll bog the game down. I think they'll force Josh Allen to make some try. They'll, they will force him to dink and dunk and not make mistakes. And that's not what he wants to do. And that can cause him to make one bad throw. All of a sudden it's a pick six to the house and the things, flipped on its head and as good as hot as the bills are running they're a little too trendy for me right now people are talking them up as i like like everyone's on the bandwagon that the bills are better than the chiefs um as far as washington goes if you look at the five losses that the buccaneers took this season it's uh, rams bears two to the saints and then one to the chiefs and all i mean all five of those teams Pretty good defenses. Four of them very good defenses when they were playing the, the the Bucks. And all five of those, well, all four of those teams, excuse me, three of those teams had very good defenses. Four, you know what I'm saying. But all five of those losses came against teams where they can rush four, they don't need to blitz a ton, and they can pressure you up the middle. You know, the, the Chiefs have Chris Jones in there. You know, you can go through the whole list. But the point being is that that's what Washington does. Like, this is the one NFC matchup that Tom Brady didn't need to see. Now, I think Tom Brady will, will get it done if Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich will not be stubborn and run a bunch of short pass patterns that allow Brady to get in rhythm, to get the ball out quick to Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, and then he can take some shots over the top. You know, run some screens, mitigate that that pass rush. If they try and operate this full Bruce Arians offense, I think, I think that Tampa Bay is in a lot of trouble here. CBS Sports NFL writer Will Brinson with me this morning on my radio.com show Bet Sweats. It's Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on the radio.com app. If you want to check that out live or subscribe to the podcast, do it every day with NFL analyst Ross Tucker. We do some college hoops too, NBAs, fit it all in there. But right now, it's certainly NFL heavy and it's going to be a little college football heavy at least uh, until we get to Monday's championship game. It looks like that is going on as scheduled. Never heard anything else. And it's a little late in the process if they want to make a change there. So as long as Ohio State has enough eligible players to go, that thing's going to be played, it seems like. Bama, Ohio State, hopefully it's a good game, better than the games that we got in the semifinals. Sorry, Notre Dame fans, but uh, yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. Not their fault. Somebody had to be the fourth best team, but we all knew what was going to happen in that one. Um, Just look at that point spread. I don't think anybody was expecting it to be a close contest at all. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score. We've got the score rewind hour coming your way at 9 o'clock. Bears, Saints, heavy. Uh, But coming up next, a blockbuster trade went down in Major League Baseball today. Implications on both sides of town. We'll hit that next. This is 670, the score on the Radio.com app. 
<laughs> oh man. So off air there, right before I came back from the break, I threw out a question to Mike Rankin, my executive producer, huge baseball guy. He's EIC, right? I, did I get that right? I, yeah, I appreciate Sox? that. Yeah, thank you. For Future Sox, the editor-in-chief. Um, and I, I threw out a question thinking, oh, I probably missed the news. There was a note out there that I may have missed. And he's a he's a crazy baseball fan, so he knows everything going on at the sport and all levels, especially the minors. Like, hey, um, did Major League Baseball announce their playoff format? You know, free agency's going on. We're moving on to the next season. Teams trading their best players. I just said, uh, do we know what it is? No. And what was your response, no. Mike? That's a great no. question, Joe. So we're, we're moving on with free agency. Players are asking teams to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. Star players being dealt, including on the north side. And we don't even know how many teams are making the playoffs. Well, to, so... I think they are negotiating a lot of different factors at this point, which include... Well, I think they're not... Now, see, I, I gotta, I gotta get back onto this because this is actually a report that I, um, and we don't know about the DH, yeah, no, by the way, the too. That's what I'm getting at is they're still negotiating about number of games. They already pushed back the start of the single or single A and double A minor league seasons. Triple yeah. A is going to start on time. It sounds like spring training may be pushed back a little bit. So there are things that they're working will out be. as a result will be. of COVID. Yeah. So yeah, the, the postseason structure is probably going to come along, but you know how these things go. The owners and the Players Association have to come to an agreement. Players want a 162-game season. The owners threw out 140, and the players were like, no. So, you know, here we go. Which side's going to be in a rush to get going at the start of April? Which means you've got to be there in March or at the latest, the middle of March. That's not going to happen. By them announcing that it might be delayed, that means it's being delayed. Right? Yeah, that's what it appears. And, and Joe, yeah. I think the assumption is there will be a 10-team playoff in 2021. So, that you know, that's where we're at. Would you be floored if they say, let's do 16 again? It worked. We ended up with the best team winning anyways. No. So what's the harm? <laughs> nah, nah. More, no, don't speak for yourself. Okay. I know you don't want it because I could hear that in your voice. I don't think anybody wants it. Where half the teams make the playoffs – don't like any NBA, NHL either. Uh, NHL, well, geez, they better. They, I know they're dialing it back compared to what we saw this past year when they ma made sure that the Blackhawks got in. But I, I know what you're saying that you don't want it. But will they say the, they're they're crying poor? As ridiculous as that is, more money for them, more owners are going to be happy. Do you think they could keep it? Well, then you think about what are you going to do with the regular season. How are you going to structure the postseason? Is it going to be another one-and-done situation, a three-game wild-card scenario? If you're playing yeah. 140 games, I don't know if the players want that, or the Players Association, I should say. And in Major League Baseball owners' terms, yeah, I mean, because you're keeping more teams involved later in the year, maybe more interest from sponsorships, because that's what it's all about is money and viewers and clicks and everything else like that, even though they're still very strict about blackout restrictions, which makes no sense to me. And it's been frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things Major League Baseball has to deal with that are much more pressing than considering whether or not they should have a 16-game playoff. In my opinion, that could improve business. But I think it's more of an engagement type thing. They want to keep fans of teams more interested. But, Joe, last year, 
you had a 60-game stretch, which I, I totally understand. Look at the National League. Look how many teams were around 500. It's disgusting. I don't, I don't want yeah. I don't want 16 playoff no, teams. Come no, on. no, I know, I know. Well, what do we have? Do we have four teams make it in the Central? Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we had, of course, the Cincinnati Cubs, Cardinals, Cubs. Reds, and Brewers. Yeah, yeah, the Brewers made it at 29 and 31. And what else? They were the only sub 500 team in the National League that made the playoffs. Oh, you had the Astros. They were under 500, too, in the AL. And they were in. No, it's, yeah, of course. They don't want it, but I wonder what they're going to give. And they're going to say, okay, to make all of the owners happy, we have a better shot at making the postseason. We're going to make more money. Okay, we're in. We'll get more TV dollars, whatever. But, boy, okay, so they're moving on. They still have a lot of stuff to figure out. But the news of the day, we have a bombshell. Big trade. So, Francisco Lindor in his prime, one year of control left. We've been hearing about this possible deal over the last couple of years. We all knew the Tribe weren't going to give him the mega contract he so rightly deserves, so they trade him away along with Carlos Carrasco to the New York Mets. We've been referencing it since he bought the team that, okay, the Mets are going to be real at some point. He is looking to spend money and you can make the case that this is spending money because when you make the Lindor trade, when you send four prospects to Cleveland, that means you're locking him up for a long period of time. So a deal's going to get done. He's not leaving the big, the big apple. Not happening. So Lindor, the superstar, goes to Cleveland. Hot damn! And what's next? Maybe $200 million to George Springer. Maybe Jake Odorizzi. My God, that rotation. They're real. Look at the National League. We know the Dodgers are the best. Teams have a tough time repeating. World Series hangover? Does it happen in a COVID year? Maybe not. I don't know. They're the most talented. They're still trying to get Justin Turner to come back. But look at what the Padres are doing. How about the Mets? And let's spin it locally. The Cubs are selling off. You Darvish. Don't just... Go halfway. You made the Darvish move. We all know you're cheap. Just rebuild. Don't resign Javi Baez. Don't keep Contreras around. Don't push Chris Bryant to the trade deadline. No, go ahead, do your rebuild. It's fine. Don't be the Bears. I don't want I don't want you being stuck in the middle over the next few years because the fans love Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo way too much. Do what you got to do with the Jed Hoyer project. Go ahead. You made your decision. You made your move. Tom Ricketts came from uh, down from the ivory tower, and he said, okay, you've got to move some money, get rid of you, Darvish, and that's what they decided to do. Cy Young-level pitcher, and you got a number three starter and a few prospects, not the Padres' best prospects. So don't tell me that this isn't a sell-off. Don't tell me it's not a rebuild now. It better be. Now that you took this step, it better be a rebuild. And then it impacts the White Sox as well. It is 100%. There's no questions. It is 100% a two-team race. And uh, Mike, if that's why I asked the question about the playoffs. I was trying to figure out, even if all things go wrong with the White Sox, I don't 
think there's a way they could possibly miss the playoffs. I know that's something you shouldn't say, but in this division, there are too many free victories. And um, since you make the Carrasco and Lindor move, there's probably more to come with the Tribe. So between the Indians, Royals, and Tigers, you're going to make the postseason by default, you would think, with the amount of talent that the Sox have. Yeah, right now their only competition really competitively, realistically, is against the Twins because Kansas City, I mean, they got young players, pretty good pitching staff that's upcoming, still meh, they're a little ways away. Royals aren't a threat. The Tigers, you got to watch out for maybe even upcoming because I think a lot of their prospects did make strides this year with Matthew Manning and, and Casey Mize and Therese Stubel. It's a couple years, though, right? right? Those, those are young. But get ready because they're they're legit uh, starters. Okay. So that's that's okay. something to keep in mind. So they may be a pain in the butt this year, but not not competitively seriously. So you're right. I'm totally with you. In a Cleveland aspect here, just think about this: 2019, you got rid of Corey Kluber, you traded Mike Clevenger, you're trading Carlos Carrasco, and you're getting rid Disgusting. of one of the best players in baseball. Sh- straight up, he's arguably the best shortstop in Major League Baseball. And you also look at their rotation currently. Aaron Savali, Shane Bieber, those guys are still quality starters. And Zach Plesak, those are quality starters. And the names that I just threw out there, you're giving them away because you don't want to pay them. You don't want to spend. What? You want to you yeah. manipulate payroll, and that's the way the, the Cleveland Ball Club's been doing it. You know, yeah, I was thinking about this today. While a lot of people feel bad for Indians fans, I don't know that we should because we've known this has been coming for a long time, but maybe we should. Why Why have we gotten to a point in sports here in 2021 where this is acceptable? Like it's okay with billionaires, Tom Ricketts crying poor? How did we, How did we get here? I know it took a long time, but how did we get here? Oh, it's okay. You're just going to rebuild and you're going to spend no money like they did on the south side with Reinsdorf. And before that, that's what Ricketts did on the south side, on the north side, rather. Both teams in town have done the same thing. This is market three. This isn't the only way you can build a team. Now, I was happy with the result of the Cubs. I think Sox fans will be very happy with the result of what they have. But why do we have to go through this suffering? I now, Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Now, with the Cubs, I got it where they were. And with every conversation is a little bit different. The Sox couldn't find, uh, figure out a way to win with the high-end talent that they did have. So that was the way they decided to go. And I thought it was the right thing to do. But every situation is a little bit different. Like when that Indians rotation is healthy, you know, I was just reading a piece from SI, from baseball writer Stephanie Epstein, and I thought it was great. And she ripped into Ricketts. You should check it out. I'll tweet it out in a few minutes. The headline is, if owners don't want their best players, what's the point? It's that simple. How did we get here? Where it's even the major market teams, it's acceptable. Where, eh, I don't want to pay that guy a lot of money every, anymore. We, we, had, we had made our fans happy. We got the uh, high-priced talent. And you know what? I don't think so. Let's let's just cut bait. Move on. Get me some prospects. Get me some uh, some cheap labor. Some players. I don't have to pay a lot of money over the next five six years. I for me equate it to operating this like, and you know how I am with my independent baseball. 
an independent baseball franchise, not necessarily worried about the quality on the field. You're just trying to generate revenue in the ways that baseball teams generate revenue. And then the talent on the field and the results are a byproduct of that. And you're right. I think you nailed it. Absolutely. If you're an owner and you're not trying to win, what is the point? Yeah. See, now I, I will say, though, in that the Cubs situation, I don't want to throw it out there and take shots here. I was fine with how they, they did it. They needed a complete overhaul. They brought in Theo Epstein. It's like, look, we need to change everything. So they moved on from the players they had. They eventually traded Ryan Dempster, some other pieces. We know about the deal with the Orioles. Get all that. Get all of it. They had some good prospects already in the system, like Baez and Contreras, and they needed to add, 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 and they did that. So I had... Don't get me wrong. I had no issue with how the Cubs did it. I was fine with it. But now they're doing it again. Right? I think. That's what it seems like. Well, let's see if they follow through. Really? You've got to do it again? And the White Sox, it wasn't a change at the top. It was just a change in philosophy. They could. It was admitting failure again and again and again. They couldn't win with the one-two punch of Sale and Quintana. And they had eaten on a great deal. They couldn't win with those guys. So they said, okay, we've tried, we've tried it the other way. Let's just tear this thing down. And that's what they decided to do. Maybe they sold Jerry on it by saying, look, you're not going to have to pay these players for a few years. And the team on the other side of town did it, and they won a World Series. And everybody thinks Theo Epstein walks on water. He's going right into the Hall of Fame. Maybe you can do the same thing. Maybe maybe that's how they sold Jerry on it. But that's what happened. But what we're seeing right now with the Cubs, if they follow through with this, that's much worse. That's much worse. If owners don't want their best players, what's the point? Totally understood what the Cubs were thinking eight, nine years ago. Same thing with the White Sox. But now the Cubs are doing it a second time. Fascinating. Major League Baseball changing a whole lot this offseason. Going to be intriguing to see uh, whenever the season starts, what we have, what rules we have, uh, where certain players land, all that good stuff. So hopefully there's some action coming up. It's gonna Maybe it's going to pick up pretty soon. Joe Osho, 670 The Score. We'll do the Score Rewind Hour next. A lot of great Bears and Saints stuff coming your way on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 